Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris, I am your host, and uh, we are the podcast that absolutely 100% knew who was going down all along. No, we didn't. I am joined this evening by Mr. Jeremy Smith and Jazz alone. Jazz, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Good, good. Not bad, not bad. Uh, Two-man show this this evening, so we're, uh, we'll model our way through. And um, we're going to start this week by uh, going to the Champions Current and the Champions Elect, uh, the PSG and Lons game on Saturday night. Is it fair to say, Jess, that this game was kind of ruined by a, a moment of rash decision-making by Abdel Samid, although I still think it's slightly harsh. Um, red card for the Lance uh, defender in this game, or midfield, I should say, in this game, very early on, and then the whole game changed because Lance were really on top before that red card occurred. What did you make of that incident? Yeah, as a neutral, it was a massive shame because Lance started well. They did well after... I mean, PSG were just sort of stepped on the gas for 10 minutes, and then apart from that, Lance were pretty good. But um, it was... I don't know if reckless is the right word. I don't think there was any malicious intent, um, but he caught the guy late. He caught his ankle, which always makes it look worse. So I think, I don't think there can be too many complaints about the red card. I think it was deserved, even though I don't think it was, yeah, I don't think he was sort of, you know, going to injure him or not. And obviously for a neutral, it ruins the match, unfortunately, but yeah, I, th- I think it was fair enough. And then after that, it's always going to be difficult playing sort of more than 70 minutes at the Parc des Princes against a, a team that for once kind of, or at least for 10 minutes, looked interested. Yeah, yeah, for 10 minutes for sure. Um, Kylian Mbappe became PSG's all-time top goal scorer in, in Liga now with with his strike. And Messi probably scored the pick of the bunch, which I think was the, the third goal. And we also scored we on a weekend where two Vitinhas got their first goals for their respective clubs, more than the other one in a minute, but uh, a decent strike for him. What does this tell us, if anything, about PSG? I mean, probably not a huge amount, but the Mbappe record, is it in a weird way kind of a good and a bad thing for him? We always knew he was going to break that record, but does this just sort of further highlight his importance to the club and, and if they are going to move forward with yet another project sort of <laughs> project restart if you will in the summer that that he is the vital cog to to keep hold of because he was pretty quiet in this game other than you know the moments of genius that he always provides and that finish was pretty clever I thought as he just spun and, and fired it into the net yeah the, the, they were all good goals I thought Vitinha's was an excellent shot as well and um I mean, just in terms of the match itself, it's sort of it's to PSG's credit in a way that they can raise themselves like that, but it's also to their discredit that you know they don't do that more often, and they sort of sleepwalk through most of the time, and and in recent weeks haven't even been doing that, and you know even last week a flattering result against Nice, and this week probably a flattering result helped a lot by that red card. But, you know, if you look at Lekip's ratings and Donnarumma got nine last week and seven this week, it still shows very much that PSG didn't have things their own way at all. In terms of Mbappe, yeah, he's, he's bailed them out so often. This is his first goal for, I think, four games. And, and as you said, he's not at his top form. But again, you can sort of understand that to an extent. Although, you know, I'm not going to sort of spare criticism because it wouldn't be fair to sort of criticise all the other players for that and to sort of absolve him. But um, yeah, whatever PSG do in the future, I mean, if he's in, if he's at the club, everything will revolve around him and he can make his protestations about, you know, this isn't Kylian Saint-Germain when he had his issue with their sort of new marketing strategy the other day. But it is, and that's the way he wanted it. And that's basically what was sort of, you know, the gist of the deal that... that he came to with the club last week, last year. So as long as he's there, he's definitely the centre of their project. Um, I mean, there's an argument for saying, you know, maybe it's a little bit like when Henri left Arsenal, there's an art and 
I think it was Ori himself who kind of said, you know, maybe not that there was an Ori dependence, but a lot of the younger players sort of came to automatically give the ball to Ori without actually thinking about what they could do for themselves. Maybe there's an element of that and maybe were Mbappe to leave, it would sort of give everyone at the club on and off the pitch a bit of a kick to really reassess what exactly they're doing, what direction they're going in. But um, I think it's got to have come to the point now. He's got those personal records. He's sort of, you know, made his mark in the history of the club. If he's going to stay, then he's probably going to demand a lot of that. You know, the the, the club do a lot of that soul-searching anyway. Mm-hmm. But for all the reasons we've said so many times before, I'm not convinced that certain people in the club are capable of that. No, no, I, I, I fear we're going to have another one of those summers um, where it's just constant speculation and we all get bored of it. But, um, you well, know, you know, t- talking about Vitinha, I think, you know, maybe I've got a slight soft spot for him because I, I wrote a profile of him recently. I don't know. But I, you know, of all their sort of list of big signings in the summer, although he was the most expensive, you know, the others are big and probably better known names, you know, Sanchez, Soler, Ruiz, things like that. Um for me, he started the season brilliantly. And yeah, his form has suffered a bit. And it's, you know, there's been flashes and he's sort of been, you know, there's been high profile points where Neymar and Messi, both of whom should know a hell of a lot better, have sort of publicly bought him out. But he almost kind of sums up so much of what's wrong. You know, they... He's a he's a kind of sign that they were trying to do something different, and yet he's the one that seems to attract all the blame when when things have gone wrong, when the same things have gone wrong, um, and it, which is sort of another indication that even when they try to do things correctly, it still sort of somehow slips back into the the same little mistakes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you make a good point there, and and on the Mbappe sort of situation in terms of what he said about it, it's not you know, Killian and Killian Saint-Germain or whatever. I mean, it, it, I, I kind of felt like the club do a lot of things that both you and I and many others question, but um, I, I felt like they couldn't really have put anybody else on that advertising campaign, really. He's the club captain. You know, he is the figurehead. He, he is the face of the French football, arguably, let alone PSG. And I did think they couldn't really win there. And and if if you haven't seen that third goal that's definitely worth looking up. It's um, not only is it a good finish, the move, the back heel in sort of full flow from Mbappe is, is quite something. Well, yeah. Funnily enough, they they almost scored an identical goal, but with reverse roles last week. And yes, you're right. Missed, yeah, missed the missed the chance. Skewed it a little bit wide. Dress rehearsal kind of thing. Um, did you did you have any issue with Kim Pembe's sort of? moment after the game when he came onto the pitch and sort of wound up the Lons fans with their chant. Thought it was a little bit a little bit crass. I know he's, you know, very much PSG through and through, but I thought it was a little bit tasteless, but no major issue. Did, did you find it a bit a bit crass or a little bit icky? I thought it was I mean first of all, again, I think he looked like an idiot. Mm. Um secondly you know you've won at home against a team that went down to 10 men in the 20th minute to, you know, end a nervy end to the season, which should never have been a nervy end because obviously you should have walked away with the title. So maybe a little bit of humility would have been in order. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I didn't like it at all, but it's exactly the kind of thing you expect from some very arrogant people at the club, which is all very circular. It's why they have the recurrent issues that they do. Yeah. Yeah, I did think it was a little bit, um, little bit off. Uh, and the only other thing to mention off the pitch, of course, nothing really to discuss as such. But the, the Galtier situation seems to be sort of ongoing. He's denied uh, reports of sort of racist views or whatnot when he was at, at Nice, and the the club have said they're continuing their investigation. Um, I think we we probably both agree, rightly or wrongly, he, he I think he's unlikely to be there next next summer, and we may speculate who the the new uh, poison chalice will be passed to uh, over the summer but yeah it, it feels like he will probably be, get quite a lot of money and quietly be slipped out the back door do, do you feel like he can if that does happen that would he stay in France do you think or, or is it potentially a job 
you know, in, in the UK or or abroad somewhere else that, that could potentially turn his, his head of interest? Um, I guess I guess that's that's really up to him whether he's interested in in trying his hand abroad and you know all this stuff about his you know the accusations of racism may persuade him that he wants to try something different or sort of you know change air. But um, I don't know. I mean, we say that you know we said in the past that for example for Emery and Tuchel that their reputations weren't really affected by their time at PSG. Pochettino, um, mm. I guess we don't even know yet. Gautier, because he doesn't have the the sort of reputation, which is, is I'm not saying that's fair, but because he doesn't, you know, he's not necessarily a household name internationally, it might be a little bit harder for him to, to find something abroad. Mm. Um, so I'd like to think that he can still get any job he'd like to, because I still think he's a very good coach and, and We've spoken before, a lot of people are blaming him, but to me it's absolutely ridiculous. How can you see all the same issues that we've seen in previous years happen again and say that's down to the coach? It's crazy. Mm. And I think, yeah. he, I think he would hold his hands up and say he's got some things wrong. I mean, you know, managers do, that's life, isn't it? That, you know, a few tactical tweaks here and there, you're bound to get wrong, but think overall I use the term poison chalice but it just feels like nobody can really win with that job uh, unless they come in and, and win the Champions League and then they'll probably be held in in uh, high regard for, for life I wonder about with Gautier if he did leave I wonder about like a project like a Leeds I wonder would be interest of interest to him like a club that's got I don't know actually have Leeds have got any money anymore but a club that uh you know uh, maybe have solutions to grandeur maybe a bit unfair but a classic old like the Bielsa situation. I just wonder if he might be tempted to to try his hand. Although that said, he's always a man who always looks incredibly tanned, and I wonder if he would, you know, quite like to swap France and the the lovely uh, south of France holidays to rainy Yorkshire. I'm maybe not sure on that one. Um, speaking of coaches, I might be completely misquoting him here. There was definitely a coach, and it may well have been him. He was talking about, you know, he he would potentially like to sort of, you know, manager or coach um like an African national team at some point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that would that would also make sense. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Um, or I wonder would he follow the Rudy Garcia route and and go far east and Laurent Blanc coached over there as well, didn't he? I wonder if that might be of interest. I guess we'll see. I mean, I say we're talking about man as if he's lost his job, he hasn't, but um. You do sort of feel like once the title is secure, there may be some form of announcement potentially. One coach that is going nowhere as far as they're concerned would be would be Loz. Um, what what's your sort of thoughts on where their season sort of ends from here? Because even if they were to finish third behind Marseille and PSG, we've said it a thousand times, but the job that, that Frankes has done there, it, it's gonna be about keeping players there. But is there likely to be interested in, in whipping him away do you feel or, or will clubs look at it and think well it's it's been one brilliant season but he would need to continue it on into another season I guess it depends how I mean you know we've seen in England that people have very different ways of judging who or what makes a good coach um, you know has got two seventh place finishes for loss who although they've got the brilliant fan base and everything, I think seventh place is already punching above their weight. They did it both years playing fantastic football. And this year they've taken a, a further step up. Um, you know, again, a lot of it is also down to very good recruitment. So it's not hundred percent down to to him and what he's doing onto the pit on the pitch, but he is doing a fantastic job. He's clearly got, um, you know, some relatively talented players playing brilliantly as a team. He's, got them playing for him um he seems a you know decent cultured guy who i think would, would definitely be able to adapt to, to going abroad um but uh, you know again going back to being a brighton fan and graham potter for me he did a superb he's done a superb job every to everywhere he's gone and loads of people saying he's suddenly you know similar to gautier saying he's suddenly a rubbish manager because he didn't do well at Chelsea 
when they bought 300 million pounds worth of, of player well he had nothing to do with those 300 million pounds worth of player and he had no chance to implement any of the things that he's good at mm. the you know airs runs the same risk if he so if he wants to if another club is interested and he wants to go abroad he has to think very carefully about where he's going to go what kind of setup will he be given you know i mean when when potter left i I put on Twitter, I would be more than happy to see Ayers go to Brighton. Because mm. um, I think that is the kind of place where, you know, I think they would be a really good fit for each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, possibly it might be a little bit too soon. Actually, that's what John Johnson said to me. Maybe it's too soon for Ayers. But, um, you know, if he's going to take the step up in France, there's only sort of two or three jobs really that are an upgrade. So, mm. You know, maybe he'd be looking at, you know, if they don't keep Blanc, maybe a Lyon or something in the summer first. Yeah, yeah, clever. But clever. if they finish second or third, which I think they, they will do or should do, and frankly, even fourth, you know, even if Monaco pip them or whatever, mm. I think they've got to look back on that as a successful season. And, and you know, if there's a potential Champions League with Lens over Lyon, who may or may not scrape into the Europa Conference or something. Why, you know, why would he leave? Mm, agreed. And I think, I think the last time Lons were in the Champions League, I think it's when they played Arsenal. I don't want to talk about that. No, <laughs> was it two thousand and sort of four, five? No, it was ninety eight, ninety nine. Because oh, was it that far back? That they they beat Mess to the title. Good grief! I didn't realise it was that far back. I just, I just remember Arsenal were playing at Wembley at the time, and we we had to craft a, a back in the days where clubs didn't release a third kit and we had to get one out of the night catalogue and put a badge on it because obviously lawns were red and yellow and we had red and a, a yellow wave strip so um that's why i remember that game we didn't they beat you as well yeah i think they did yeah i think they did the um, bear at the far post cool uh, I, I can't remember that far back. maybe there's a reason i don't want to remember um <laughs> uh, but yeah it was uh the Wembley experiment did not work for us but it will be an amazing achievement for lawns to to finish, like you say, even in the top four. But I think after spending so much time in the top three, uh, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to see them finish second, I think, if, if I had the choice. But um, the team in terms already... of teams that have played the best football this year, then, you know, oh, yeah. they've been head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Um, won't go into detail on this game, but let's quickly touch on, on the challenges uh, for that second spot. Um, you mentioned a couple of them there. Marseille got a 3-1 win over Troyes. Um, Twa were absolutely appalling. I don't know if you saw this game last night, but I mean they were just dreadful. Um, we, we are going to touch on the relegation zone in a minute, so we'll we'll save that. But um, Marseille mentioned Vitinha got off the uh, got off the mark with his first goals um, since signing. Uh, he also had a horrific miss. It was one of those weird nights, and uh, Cengizunda got one as well. And of the chasing pack, Monaco also. Quietly, they seem to be off form now. They seem to be back on it again. Uh, of course, they beat Lorient because, you know, we're on the beach, so that's fine. Um, but a 3-1 win for, for Monaco in that particular game. I thought they were quite impressive, to be honest. Uh, Diata, Golovin and Kevin Volland with the goals there. Do you feel like Monaco and Marseille are those two sort of biggest challengers for that second spot, if, if we are assuming that Lonza... Are, uh, are in the mix as well. Um, would you would you say that was it six point gap between Lille in fifth and Monaco in fourth? Marseille second now sixty four points. Is it is it out of those three to finish runners up now? Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, it's not even necessarily about the points. I know we've talked about how everyone seems to drop points at different moments, but they just seem likely to drop fewer points. And that you know seven matches left and a six point gap. That's quite a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lille certainly look very capable of dropping points at any second. I saw last week against against Angers, Rennes look back to something like close to their best yesterday, but they've had a a pretty poor period of form. So, yeah, yeah, I I think it's got to be between those three. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And uh, we may touch on one of the other clubs in that mix in a minute, but I want to go down to the bottom of the uh, the table now. And a um, couple of massive results. We said on last week's pod that this could be a, a very pivotal week 
And let, let's start with Osea against Nantes because Osea got the win by two goals to one, um, which further pushes them up the table. Duval with a penalty and De Costa with the second. Uh, Nantes pulling one back through Mustafa Mohamed in the second half, but they came out uh, with nothing. It's a pretty big result for both clubs, isn't it? Because Osea are now 32 points up to 14th. And all of a sudden, Nantes are, are in it. Um, there, uh, did you did you see the quotes after the uh, after the game? Um, that I'm just trying to find whether whether where it was put. Kumbari basically said we were shit. <laughs> we said much, we are a shit team. We're a shit team. That's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. He's honest, but they are all of a sudden slipping into this probably battle for one spot, and they're, they're looking over their shoulder now, aren't they? It's all very well getting to the the cup final, but it's a big result this when a team below you wins and leapfrogs you essentially. Yeah, I mean it was a strange match because Ozer was sort of comfortable. Both their goals came from um mistakes from Nantes. So the first one was a handball for a penalty, the second one, I don't know what the hell Lafon was doing, sort of rolling the ball to out to um the player on the edge of a very crowded penalty area. It was asking for trouble. Um, then they should have gone three nil up. They had a couple of chances that hit. You know, there was like one chart, one chance that hit the post twice. If you know what I mean. Um, and then not were completely dominant and were arguably slightly unlucky not to get the draw and come back like they did last week. So, um, you know, although he said that they're a shit team, I thought that they they showed a little bit of spirit in that match, just as they did last week in coming back from two 0 down. But they've got to stop giving away these leads and and you know having to to fight their way back in the first place yeah. um i think i read they've got three points out of 24 since they got the draw in juventus at juventus um that's obviously not good enough um Ozerv made i think made 13 points on them since mid-february or something like that so you know one of them's clearly upwardly mobile the other one going very much the wrong way and and as you said it's all very well sort of having a chance to defend your your the cup but i don't think that would be much of a consolation to fans if they they somehow get relegated so they need to buck their ideas up and they've got a great chance like their next three matches are trois at home which as you said almost should be a gimme um then they got the cup final then they've got brest and strasbourg so two of the other teams that are around them and sort of challenging to to stay up. And their last match for the season is at home to Angers. So they still should be staying up. And, you know, if they don't, then it's 100% their fault. It's, you know, everything is still in their hands. But, yeah, they're not in good form. They need to buck their ideas up. Yeah, for sure. It's, it could could work both ways, that sort of statement, couldn't it? You know, anyone... I'm sure that's not what he's saying to his players in private, but... It is one of those sort of statements that jumps off the page and you do wonder what the players might think of that. Um, the other big result down there that sort of really shakes things up is Strasbourg uh, getting their uh, their victory by three goals to one and, and as such plunging Ajaxio into further bother. Um, touch on Ajaxio in a minute, but once again, Kevin Gamero defying age, uh, Diara with the second and Suzuki with the uh, the last last minute third, not the car. Um, big win for Strasbourg, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's one that they probably would have earmarked and said they have to win, but that puts them in a decent position. And I guess we'll come on to Brest in a minute, but that that win, they would have looked at the results that we could clamber out this weekend. As it happens, they haven't clambered out, but just narrows their gap between them, Brest and not, and arguably us there as well, but it was a must win and they won. Are you uh, confident they have enough to, I think we mentioned before, the, there's the goal scoring ability there. Do you feel like they, they can pull themselves out now? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Gamero got his penalty, Diallo was suspended, Motiba I thought was unlucky not to get a goal. Um, yeah. Suzuki looks a you know, good find. He scored a, scored a nice goal. So I still think they should have enough firepower. But not even just that. I just think they've got a better squad than than a few of those around them. And and again, if they if they go down, I you know almost think they should kind of be ashamed of themselves, despite the injuries they've had this year. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, you, you could argue that it may even come down to who's come in for these teams in the summer. So in the in the winter, like Suzuki, for example, Sanson at Strasbourg, um, even at, at Auxerre, I mean, a few of the, the players they brought in have got injured, but Toure in 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 the in central defence, I think, has made a difference. Whereas on the other side, you've got Nantes, and you could say, you know, has Andy Delors really done enough to justify the the sort of not the re- justify the reputation he's got, but with the reputation he's got and the you know the fact that he's a proven goal scorer, you you'd hope that he'd be firstly getting into the starting eleven more and then doing something with it. Mm, um, yes. But he's really disappointed, I think. For I was not... say he's flattened to the seam a bit, hasn't he? Because I, I yeah. thought that move would suit all parties pretty well, and it just hasn't quite worked yet. I mean early days I suppose but yeah there's a there's a little bit of a weird one that are we willing to commit obviously Angers can be relegated I think they this weekend if they um if they lose which seems like a fairly likely situation um but are we kind of at that point now where we're willing to say Ajaxio and, and Tua are also gone I mean it's now an eight point gap they've both got 21 points and they both have that eight point gap to Strasbourg in the 17th place um yeah I'm, again i mean eight matches so eight matches seven matches seven, left yeah. and they need three of them just to get on terms with strasbourg and that's massive isn't it? you know to go ahead of them with the goal difference as well so no they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're both gone and as we said last week you know angers again this week arguably showed a little bit of spirit mm. um God, that second penalty that Clermont scored was streaky. Yeah, <laughs> it could have gone down as one of the worst penalties in history. But um, yeah, Ajaxio just looked horrific. You know, at least they scored a nice goal in open play that wasn't scored by Elidrissi or Bilali. But yeah, they're, they're gone. I mean, talking about funny comments that coaches made, um, Pantaloni sort of came up with a really bad Freudian slip where... He talks about the, the players he picked and he made some changes and he said he, he sort of picked certain players based on the fact that he was meant to say based on the fact that they did very well a l'entraînement, which is in training. And he said, he accidentally said a l'entraînement, which is at the funeral. Oh. <laughs> I think he's probably buried his team already. Yeah. Um, Trois, as we said last week, I mean, you know, I don't know if Rami's comments about you know, how other players aren't invested enough or whatever. I don't know if, if he thought that was going to have a positive effect. I don't know if it's sort of proving his point or that it wasn't fair, but it's, you know, caused such bad feeling that they've really down tools. I don't know, but mm. yeah, they they had promise at some point in the season. They've got some talents there. Odi Bear was obviously destined for higher things, but I don't know what's happened there. And again, as we said, you know, the goal, the consolation came from Balde and they really seem like Balde FC. When he does something, they do something. When he doesn't or he gets sent off, then the the team collapses. So they yeah. look gone too. Yeah, I, say, I thought, you know, and let's be honest, Marseille went into that game last night kind of off form, really. I mean, they haven't had the, the greatest of times and... 12 are just they look beaten I mean it doesn't help when you concede in, in the first what five minutes but barring that last minute goal they got back I just thought they they just looked like a side that were condemned and um uh the Australian coach uh, Kisnorbo um I, I feel like I feel like that might be a, a job too far for him um wonder if they're regretting that decision now to to bring him in but uh yeah I, I think like you I'm willing to say three are gone which kind of presents us with the runners and riders. Uh, are we saying Montpellier is safe on 37? I had two straight defeats, not ideal for them. They lost to Lille, who of course are chasing Europe and actually led in this game as well, but ultimately lost 2-1. Are we, are we saying that they're out of it or are we keeping yeah, I mean, them in it? Same again, you know, Ozera, five points behind with a far inferior goal difference. They need two wins out of the seven remaining just to mm. go ahead of Montpellier. So, uh, yeah, I think they're okay. I mean, I'm not saying they'll finish as high as 13th necessarily. I, you know, the, the respective form of the teams, Ozer could well overtake them, for example. But, um, I, yeah, I, don't, I think it's really between Ozer, Nantes, Brest and Strasbourg for the, for the last relegation place. Yeah, 
Yeah, I tend to agree. And the one club we missed out of that was was Brest, and um, they got a big win as well, one nil over over Nice. Uh, I think it'd be fair to say I didn't see this one coming. Um, they had to sort of hang on towards the end, but uh, Ladouron, who has really been their their star, assisted by Kenny Lala, no less. It was a um, cracking cross as well. Wasn't it just? Yeah, it was back, back to the, the, the good days of, of Kenny Lala. But um, yeah, Nice's form, it, it looks like their focus now is very much on that European trophy, the second leg. They uh, they drew 2-2 with Basel. Um Cracking overhead kick from Terra Moffi. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a look. They face the uh, the home game in that particular tournament or the Europa Conference League, I should say, on Thursday. Looks like that's where their focus is. So maybe they took their eye off the ball here, but it is a, a big win that for, for Brest and can the Pirates set sail for for safety? Um, yeah, I mean, from from Nice's point of view, they haven't won now in six. Or yeah, in in the league, they haven't won since late February. Which isn't great, but it does look very much like they're putting all their eggs in the conference basket, which from a French sort of coefficient point of view isn't such a bad thing. Mm. Um, but they, it certainly was not, I would say, not their first team that, that Tigard put out yesterday, by no means. And um, so I think definitely he was resting players for, for that second leg. And to be fair to Brest, they took advantage. It was a nice goal, and and certainly from from what I saw the match, they 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 looked pretty untroubled. Mm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It was, uh, it was only sort of towards the end where they came under any sort of pressure. Like you say, they uh, secure that win. It's all very tight all of a sudden, and uh, as if you needed reminding. But four down, and only two coming up. The guy will revert to eighteen teams next season so all to play for um i don't know i really don't want to call it i'd kind of like to see i'd like to see strasbourg and, and elsea stay up but then i kind of like breast and i guess that means i'm picking on Nantes. so yeah, we shall see what happens uh elsewhere in the league the games that we didn't mention um we kind of gave them a fair bit of fair amount of love last week so i don't want to go too deep but toulouse leon was a a good entertaining affair in the rain on Friday night, wasn't it? Um, 2-1 win for Leon. They came from behind in this one. Um, Ray and Shirky, once again, for me, the standout player, I just sort of feel like if he can maintain these consistent levels, he's he's got everything. Um, Lacazette also, uh, once again, on the score sheet. Good, um, good run of form this, though, for Leon, isn't it? I, I have a suspicion that they might just sneak into fourth. Maybe I'm uh, fifth, sorry. Maybe I'm deluded, but I just have a feeling they might have enough to whip past Lille and, and Ren at the moment. Do you share that view? I think it's, I mean, again, it's typical Lyon that you just don't know what you're going to get, but definitely yeah. they, they seem to be building more of a sort of head of steam or better form than the other two. Um, mm. I still think... I was going to say when all the teams turn up, I think the other two are better. I mean, on paper, I'm not sure that's the case, but I think the other two teams have proven that they this season they can play better football when they turn up. Whereas Lyon, even when they're winning, they're rarely looking, you know, beautiful, fluent outfit sort of thing. Mm. But they've certainly got, um, you know, a couple of match winners there. That, I mean, the, the two obvious ones are the two you mentioned, of course. Mm. Um, so. And you know, Ren and Toulouse are not easy matches to win, so it's, it's pretty impressive to to <laughs> PSG before that as well. So they're definitely on good form, but um, they've got a, they haven't got the most straightforward of run-ins. They've got you know Marseille next, which is always spiky. Yeah, Strasbourg away, which isn't easy. Um, and then their last three matches are, are Monaco, Reims, and Nice, who will yeah. probably all be challenging for Europe or possibly in one way or another. So, um, yeah, it's certainly not not straightforward from their point of view, but um, it does feel like... Not a feel-good factor, but as good as it's ever going to be at Lyon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lacazette and, and Cherky sort of mucking around in front of the cameras and stuff, at least it shows there's a little bit of spirit somewhere there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I... Um... Yeah, I feel like, as you said, the, the trouble is with Leon, you, you just never know what you're going to get, do you? And that game with Marseille, you know, really big, really big game for both sides on Sunday night. That will be 
well worth a look and um, the challenges elsewhere for that spot, like you say, Osea host Lille, which is uh, a pretty big one for for both clubs in their respective pursuits and Montpellier host Rennes. And like you said, Montpellier could probably do with one last win and Rennes again coming back into form. So it'll be an interesting game to uh, see what shakes out at the weekend. Um, a couple of the results that we may have skipped over. Um, well, we've mentioned Rennes already, but they did beat Rouse by three goals to nil. Um, I think it's fair to say Will Stills' uh, incredible run uh, it's still incredible, but they're just levelling off a little bit at this stage of the season. And uh, Clermont, as you mentioned earlier on, two red cards, but still had enough to beat Angers by two goals to one. I touched on it earlier on, but if if uh, Angers lose to, uh, of all teams, PSG at the weekend, they will officially be down. Um, seems like it's best for all parties that they um, depart <laughs> the league and rebuild, potentially. Um, but yeah, that's that's the weekend fixture there. Um, right. Shall we have a little bit of Ligue 2 just while we're on the subject? Because that is not far off uh, the climax now. It looks like Le Havre are going to have enough to do it. They're 64 points now. Um, that is, what is it, eight clear of Bordeaux in second. Um, but do you still believe? Because uh, Mets beat Bordeaux by three goals to nil at the weekend. Um, just one point in it and then a three-point gap to Sochaux. Uh, how's how how are you feeling about it? Is it squeaky bum time in the Jazz household for for Mets to return? It's sort of it's a case of you know it's the hope that kills you. And they've <laughs> not been playing well all season. Um, even in this match, until Bordeaux's goalkeeper had a rush of blood to the to the head and sort of ran out of his area and t- took Mikatazzi out in a something like the 40th minute around then, Bordeaux probably the better team. But it was nice to see Mess actually be a little bit clinical for once, score more than the odd goal. First one in particular was a great goal as well. Um, and it's the first time they've, they've beaten Love, Bordeaux, Social this season as well. So maybe a little bit of a statement there. So it hasn't been amazingly impressive, but they're sort of quietly, I think it's 18 matches unbeaten, Mikatal says the the top scorer in the league, so they've got things going for them. But they've got they haven't got a a particularly easy run in. Or well, they've got Saint Etienne next to away, which is obviously you know they're very much revitalised. Um, and their last two matches are away to Sochaux and then at home to Bastia, who are also in the running. So, um, yeah, I guess if if they do it, they'll earned it, but. I don't I don't think they'll do it. I don't necessarily think it's if they do do it, I can't see how they stay up next season. Um and I don't think many fans are sort of expecting them to do it or necessarily think that they are one of the two best teams in the division. But like I said 18, 18 games unbeaten isn't to be sniffed at and considering at one point, not so long ago, it felt like they were, you know, having to reassess and, and look to sort of mid-table mediocrity at best. What they've done is fantastic. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, you almost prefer a nice, comfortable sort of top eight finish or something than <laughs> set yourselves up for kind of heartbreak in the last match or two of the season. Yeah, like you say, it's the hope that it kills. Um Likes of Mika said, say, do you think some clubs will have a look at him? Because his goal scoring record is no mean feat this season. Is there a potential that he could be sort of Andy Delord, if you like, and whipped away to a a, a club in, in the UK or, or Europe might have a, a look at him? Because he, he has been the standout player, hasn't he? He's already been linked with a few teams and it's the usual thing, right? It's, how much to what extent do the clubs want to take a punt on someone from the second division or do they want to see what he can do in league a first mm. um he's definitely a talent you know he's a sort of i was going to say ben Yede. he's not i mean i'm only saying that because he's kind of you know short low sense of gravity intelligent runner but i think ben Yede is a more clinical finisher but Mikko Tauser is probably less of a sort of He's not just a fox in the box. He can sort of make his own chances as well, and you can play him anywhere across the the front line. So, 
yeah, there's a huge amount of talent there. And uh, um, sadly, I think it's un- unlikely he'll be at mess next season, whatever division they're in, probably. Mm. Um, but it's just a question of whether he goes abroad or to um, to a, a club in Liga, I think. Yeah. I feel like yes. I say it most weeks now about different players, but I think, you know, Bundesliga may suit him. Um, the the Colomboani route kind of thing. Yeah, and Premier League, I'm just. Maybe Championship, although you know, then that, you deal with the physicality as well. But that's why that's why I made the Andy Delors sort of you know when he went to Wigan. Well, I think they might have actually been Prem at the time, but yeah, that's what I was wondering, like a Championship level, because you look at someone like uh, say Kamara, for example, who who I still think is really talented, but he went to Southampton. Although they are going to probably end up being a Championship side, I always felt like that was too big a step up for him. But I feel like a a sort of a club in in kind of playoff contention and you know, like a Burnley under company, for example, um, that that might be a good fit for him. What's the finances like at Mets? Like, what, do they have to sell? Are they in a position where they can can retain players, or, or is it a case of if a, a bid comes in, they will sell? They're never brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how bad they are. I mean, last year they definitely had to sell. Yeah. Um, they sort of stuffed up a little bit because everything was based on um, selling. I don't even remember who. Bulaya, Santos. So, I suppose Santos was so has gone now. Hopefully they'll get some money. I think he's only on loan, but hopefully they'll get some money if Nian leaves. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think probably now they're, they're budgeting, making sure that they budget as a league 2 team rather than a league team. And, and hopefully there won't be any fire sales, but, you know, like so many clubs, they are a selling club. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just briefly on the other two that are potentially in the frame to come up if if Mets aren't to go up, if we assume La Havre, first of all, I I can't remember. Have La actually been in the top flight in in recent memory? I can't. I can't remember. They have, but it's been a while. Been a while. Okay. We talk. Are we talking Lons in the Champions League levels of quite a while ago? (laughs) (laughs) Back to the nineties. Be honest. feel so old it doesn't come out no so so i mean uh, granted your knowledge on on their french football history is far better than mine but i can't remember them being in certainly in the televised era of, of Liga. bordeaux though clearly have been um it's it's quite the turnaround for them isn't it because i mean they were a club that were literally on the verge of extinction and now they are a step closer to, to coming back up um Fair to say that it would be good to see them back. I mean, obviously, you know, you naturally would prefer to see Mets return, of course, but um, the the league would probably benefit if it wasn't to be Mets. I guess Bordeaux would be the club you would look at and say, actually, uh, it'd be nice to see them back or or not. What? How do you feel about what they've done there? Well, look, they, they've done a very good job. They They, I think, mostly sort of invested in young players they've got Guillon he's a very good manager and obviously has proven himself bringing you know improving young players so they're certainly going the right way about going up and just because it is Bordeaux they you know the club belongs in Ligue 1 but no one's got a right to be there I suppose and and you know I don't have any sympathy for the fact that they went down and you do wonder if certain other clubs have been in the same sort of financial predicament as they were, would they have been treated with the same level of, um, I can't think of the right words, but, you know, the authorities gave them every chance to save themselves. You wonder if certain other clubs would have been given that same kind of consideration. But, you know, good for them. You compare them to Saint-Etienne, who steadied the ship also by bringing players in to be fair but yeah, um, certainly they were probably, probably in a better shape so going down and they really made a mess of things so yeah, i suppose it's to Bordeaux's credit that they got their act together very quickly yeah yeah for sure and, and do you do you know much about that i mean i must admit i haven't since since league was taken off of uk uh, coverage um you can still stream it i think on certain betting sites but it's it's harder to get hold of 
Um, I haven't seen much, if anything, of them. Are they kind of in the Ajaxio Trois box of they'll come up, but they will massively struggle, or could they potentially do likes of Toulouse and and actually find themselves comfortable next season, based on on what you know anyway of them? To be honest, I haven't seen much of them this year, but as a club, you know, generally they're well run. They've obviously got a fantastic reputation for discovering you know, talents who go on to become huge players, you know, Pogba, Montanda, Diara. Did you ruin that briefly as well? No. Oh, no, that um, was um same colour kit, but um, yeah. Tours, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Mendy, several players. So, and, you know, they they always seem there or thereabouts and sort of just miss out on, on promotion or playoffs or whatever. So, they're another club that I don't think anyone would begrudge them sort of getting their chance in Liga. And generally, I think, you know, they, they play decent football. So um, I'd expect them to be maybe more a Nozair than an Ajaxio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably probably fair, yeah. And and most importantly, I'm sure... They've got a good manager as well. I mean, he's Elsno, who was at Amiens for a bit, but is sort of oh, yeah. very well thought of. yeah. Completely forgot all about him. To be honest, I mean, there's another, another club of the past from the top flight. Most importantly of all, are you looking forward to Jonathan Pierce letting us know where you can eat in the half next season? Because that will obviously be at the forefront of everybody's mind on BT Sport. <laughs> well, more to the point, when you've got players like Pogba there, it's sort of his research writes itself, and he never has to sort of lift a finger or very true do a Google search or anything. And of course, if Bordeaux come come up, then that will be very much the, the you know that will be the focus of the attention on commentary. I'm sure. Of. Yeah, I mean, Cl- Clive Allen's in half of this season. Yeah, Clive will be loving life. <laughs> Although, to be fair, um, and I'm, I'm sure they don't listen. Um, to be fair to, to Clive, I'm sure they don't. No, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> if they did, they certainly don't anymore. Um, but to be fair to Clive, I have noticed. Uh, I know you watch it on mute now, but I have noticed in recent weeks, every time uh, good old JP goes off on a Premier League tangent, Clive does do his best to try and bring him back round to, to all things French. So I will credit where credit's due. Um, Clive, I have noticed it. So, yeah. Ah, oh, dear. I was chatting to uh, another member of, of their crew the other day about this, um, who you know well. Anyway, uh, let's move on before we get ourselves into to deep water. Um, down at the bottom, speaking of deep water, in terms of heading down from Ligue 2, um, Niort and Nîmes and Dijon and Laval are in the relegation spots. Laval, five straight defeats, crikey. Um, two big names there from from past years of, of Ligue 1, Dijon and Nîmes heading down, that's not good for them Valenciennes just above it Dijon sat their coach last week possibly as well what a time to do it with seven, what, seven games to go, crikey um, and Ossie are also struggling in 15th after their cup win, um, Pau and Rodé are not much further up and as you mentioned St Etienne have steadied the ship, they're up in mid-table in 12th now uh, and the likes of Socho, Bastia and Khan just outside, it's probably going to be a step too far for them to get promotion this year, but good to see clubs of that stature uh, slowly but surely climbing back up again. Uh, right. know, Le Havre lost in Liga in 2009. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that long ago then. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Baggy shorts and all that. As I say, it wasn't that long ago. It's still, what, 13 years? <laughs> As you said, I, I, I don't know when suddenly. There's like players born in 2005 and 2007 and it oh, just feels so ancient. Anyway, let's move on quickly. Um, fixtures upcoming this week in Ligue 1. We've touched on a couple of them, but the Friday night game is Angers and PSG. As we mentioned, their permutations at both ends. PSG step closer to the title if they win. Angers are down unless they win. And I, I don't think I'll be putting any money on that. Uh, Auxerre face Lille. Um, these are on the uh, Saturday. Uh, that's the early game, and the evening game is Lens against Monaco. That will be tasty, won't it? That's a that's a real shootout for um, who could potentially finish second. Uh, Rams against Strasbourg is the opening game on Sunday. Uh, Jaxio against Brest. Uh, these are the two o'clock games now. Uh, Lorient to lose. Christ, that's a battle of mid table. Uh, Nantes against Troyes. Again, permutations at the at the wrong end of the of the table, and you think not really need to be recording three points there. And uh, Nice against Clermont. Um, nice probably off the back of their European adventures. 
And Montpellier against Rennes, which we touched on earlier on, is the afternoon game on Sunday. And the evening game should be a cracker, as you said. Lyon and Marseille, these two are not particularly fond of each other, both fans and uh, and teams alike. So expect fireworks, maybe literally uh, in this game um, on Sunday night. So that will be very much worth a watch. Um, That's quite quite weak for Anthony Lopez. <laughs> or not, as the case may be. Um, yeah. What's um I guess that would be the standout fixture for you of the weekend, would it be? Or or are you more tempted by that that Lons Monaco game? Um or both. I think in terms of the quality of the match, I think Lance Monaco will be better. Yeah. In terms of sort of soap opera. Um, Leon Marseille, mm. um, but yeah, there's there's a couple of good. I think Laurie on Toulouse will probably be some decent football there. Reims Strasbourg as well. Yeah, So I think there's some nice matches this weekend. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. That, as you say, I sort of ingest the Laurie on Toulouse game, but both sides very comfortably safe and and very little to play for. Those are the sort of games that usually end up being pretty decent to watch. So, yeah, should be. Yes, should but, be I good. mean, it's a good chance for Lorient as well, just because Toulouse may well be resting players for the cup final as well. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, very good. Point. Is that next week, cup final? Or the following week? Yeah, a couple of weeks. I think. A couple of weeks' time. Good stuff. Um, also, Lille as well. That stands out to me um, for uh, a decent watch on Saturday, just because of sort of both ends of the table. Um, just and then before... you got you got Nantes and Ajaxio Brest, so both of them are huge as well. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, because a win for either Trois or Ajaxio, which I think probably more likely to be Ajaxio than than Twa, but a win for either of those. And whilst we've just condemned them to go down, suddenly it, it just it just makes you put that seed of doubt in again. But I think, like you said, I think it's too much of a step for either of those to, to close the gap. But I think they're gone. But if Nantes and Brest were to lose those matches, they're big. Oh, difference. they're right in a pickle. Yeah, particularly if Strasbourg pick up three points at, at France, which obviously is no, that would be no mean feat. But um, those games at 12 o'clock on Sunday usually usually uh, are worth a, worth a watch. So it'd be good, be good to see. Um, just before we wrap up, just while I've, got you um i know transfers isn't isn't phil's bag so i thought i'd pick it uh, pick at you on, on this one anyway while we're here any um there's been a few kind of uh, rumors abound about players that may well be looking to further their careers i'm looking at you jonathan david for example is there any one other than than he that might stand out to you in in the summer in terms of recruitments um, or, or indeed exits because there's quite a few high profile names from a certain Paris club that are uh, heading for the exit door I was I was intrigued by the Hugo Ekatike project seems to be a, a, been abandoned already he's likely to be on the move Renato Sanchez another one out the door potentially um, any of those sort of names that you you look at and you think yeah they might be primed for a move or Penda's another one that's been linked away I think there's always there's always going to be so many players. Lings, I mean, although he signed a new contract, you've got to think that people are going to be putting in big bids for for Seco for Funner, for example. Yeah. Um, I mean, Will Still probably is their their biggest draw. Balogun, yeah. obviously, I know he's not a Reims player; he's an Arsenal player. But I assume he's going to be. You know, I know there's you'll know more about it, but sort of rumours that. His agent Monica. saying they don't want to just sit on the bench at Arsenal, so he yeah, move on. You know, Leipzig and Monaco yeah. are apparently interested, and I think Monaco, you know, obviously he's got a bit of money, and you'd think Ben Yedder, he's getting up there, isn't he? And he's like that. That's yeah, well, he's it. got a year left on his contract, so you know, not it's obviously not a huge move because because he's on the wrong side of thirty, but he may well go. You know, if Monaco want to make some money off him last mm. chance to he may well go in the summer actually yeah um, you know i can see Fafano sort of you know very much taken over from many i think pete and mm. you know, now france international as well i could see him attracting quite a few people as you said jonathan david is the obvious one although mm. he was the obvious one last summer as well yeah um yeah psg i just uh again i 
I would expect that there should be lots of changes. I just don't know how much. You know, even last last year when there was a big clear out in the summer, I think a lot of them were loans. So it'll be interesting to see which one of their which ones of them come back and they can't offload again. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah, because they've got um, all uh, of uh, Oh God, I've completely completely thrown my mind. Who was the player they loaned? Who was the midfielder they loaned in the summer? Paredes. Yes, because he's only on loan at Juve, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so that's one for one straight away. Do you do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, Cherky's been linked with PSG a few times, believe it or not. I I could sort of see that because although he, I think he loves Leon. He, he strikes me as a very he's a very confident lad, isn't he? And you sort of feel like he would be willing to take that that step out of Leon and and uh, up to PSG. I, I'm kind of cautiously quite excited. Well, not maybe that's the wrong word. I sort of feel like maybe no, I'm 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 being silly here in assuming that El Khalifi will actually go for Project Youth, but wouldn't it be great if they just actually shipped out all of these older players and just went right? Let's just start again. Um, yeah, and- I've said it loads of times, but I, as much as anything, the the deals need to be done. You know, Messi. You feel like the only place he would go is Barcelona, but can they? do a deal or afford him or you know would he be willing to go or play for free or whatever mm. um Neymar who in there right all about him. want him mm. um he's got Chelsea written all over him hasn't he with the best yeah. player manager yeah but, um yeah they we've said it loads of times that I think that's the the direction they should go in or people like Vitinho who are not massive stars you know Ver- again I I would get rid of Verratti but you kind of just read my mind there because I love him as a player but you know when sometimes a player is just at a club for maybe one or two years too many I feel like it would do him the world of good as well Um, yeah but I I think it might be difficult I mean I think Italian league is sort of maybe perfect for him going back but he's he's you know it's depressing to think of the likes of Verratti and Cabela as 30 year olds now Um, but he's got to be tainted as much as anyone else by PSG's constant failures mm. he's a walking suspension and now he's a walking injury as well so who yeah. which top teams would be prepared to take a punt on him now it's the same with like say Renato Sanchez and I, I know I'm I keep banging this drum but I, I still think that they should be building around players like like you said Bettina I still think Fabian Ruiz is a, a really talented midfielder if, if he's given the right and I still think Renato Sanchez was never any good. <laughs> well, the, the more it goes on, the more I'm I'm inclined to agree with you because he's been a, a massive failure. Um, but yeah, there are there are still so many likable players there that um, you know just sort of tainted by this and the idea that they could have Bacciavu and and Zaire Emery and a few others in in that starting eleven. Um, you know, maybe that would be what would convince Mbappe that the project is is good. But then equally. Could he get frustrated if it was young players making mistakes? It's one to watch. Um, we won't use up all of our our, um, our airspace because I'm sure we'll have some some time to reflect well, on that. Renner, another one. If they don't make Europe, yeah, I've true. Got a few players that they may. Does Terry go? Even though he's obviously injured. I mean, does his does the, the first half of the season pre injury guarantee that he will still have interest? I th- interest maybe but it's such a massive risk because you don't know how these players come back yeah and it takes them a while to come back even if they do re refine their best form it is, usually takes a year or so yeah but you know think? someone like guiri yeah like wendo they're decent strikers they're gonna score goals wherever they go i think mm. um doku you know if they manage to get rid of Suleimana, yeah Tried to get rid of Doku as well. I still, okay, he had a good weekend and apparently he's been done a little bit by injuries, but I'm still absolutely unconvinced about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, Um, you know, someone like Bourgeois, surely he wants to try somewhere else or get a bigger payday somewhere, I don't know. He he's the one behind Terrier that I think's been the most impressive player for end the season, for sure. Um, And and two other names that that jump out at me, one I'm a bit biased towards, Enzo Lefebvre's, confirmed that he's going to move um I very cleverly uh said that he'd like to move so that Lorient can get the money he's worth to help the club thought that was quite a nice way of 
gently shoving shoving it aside that he'd like to move on. I feel like Leon to be fair be to him, I mean, the, the quote I saw was that he was waiting for an offer. He would yeah. have yeah. been prepared to stay. Yeah, absolutely. and it never came. Yeah, which really surprises me because you know he. I know I'm biased, but he is immensely talented and. I just find it strange that I was looking back at an old tweet actually when he signed the new contract until next year and I thought they'd build around him but I don't know whether I don't, it's a I mean I don't thing. really get what Laurie are trying to do you know selling Watara and mm. who was the other one they sold in the winter um uh well Moffy on loan yeah I did think of you with Watara's winner Sort of yeah, <laughs> I, I had a little smile to myself as I saw it go in, I must confess. And and I, and he's, you know, he's very talented. And I, I freely admit, I thought the step up to the Premier League was a bit too far for him too soon. But maybe a club like Bournemouth, he'll be, he'll be well suited there. But um, I think there's, got... there's a few Toulouse players who oh, yeah, necessarily Dalinga. sort of huge big money moves. But, you know, players like Dalingo, who's very quietly scored Shibi four goals well. this season. That's good. Vanden Bommen. Abu oh yeah, Klal. he's yeah he's he was brilliant in league though, wasn't he? Before they came up and um, and Abu Klal as well, the the winger who scored at the weekend. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's a few that clubs could take a take a stab at. Um, and again, I'm going to be biased here, but there's also uh, a, a player at Lorient who hasn't necessarily sort of grabbed like headlines because he's a defender. Um, but the the young lad Matey, I think he's going to be. It's, he's very. He's very composed, and for a, for a big lad, I feel like he's got quite a big, quite a big future ahead of him. So he's a name to keep an eye on. One other one, and then we really must wrap because I could talk to you for hours. But um, Kevin Turam, is this his his big opportunity to move on? Because it, the the more I've seen of him, the better and better he's getting, and he looks like I sort of feel like he could be a name that will will leave France and and maybe end up in. JP's beloved Premier League because I just feel like physically and stature and everything about him I feel like he's got that potential to to make the step up like we've seen with um, uh, Monaco centre half that went to Chelsea. Yeah, I feel I feel like he could he could step into a, a certainly a, a European challenging team in in the Premier League or maybe La Liga. Do you, do you feel like he'll move on as well? Yeah, I think that's a really good call. I, again, I'm so, yeah, Bundesliga again. I mean, obviously, yeah. his brother's there. That's a lazy kind of connection. But so many pl- French players seem to be sort of thriving there. And he might see that as a sort of step towards the Premier League. I think that the jump in physicality maybe is big for for midfielders going straight to England. But I think he could tear it up in the Bundesliga, definitely. Mm. Here's a shout. Jude Bellingham leaves Dortmund and Turan replaces him there. Yeah, I can, I can see it. It'd be quite tasty, wouldn't it? Yeah. And go and play with Rafa Guerrero, who I still love to this day, bless him. Um, anyway. And also, I mean, there's also sort of, you know, quiet players who sort of, like Dalinga, you know, Wahi is doing so well at, Monica, oh, yeah. at Montpellier. No one really talks about him. Diallo has kind of proved now across another team, you know, wasn't just at mess, but he's now scoring goals for a struggling team at Strasbourg. I still yeah. don't think he's a top top class striker but certainly you know a decent squad player to have mm. yeah no no i agree and, and you've got youngsters like kevin gamero and alexis sanchez tearing up <laughs> jokes of course ludovic blas is another one as well that we didn't mention yeah. that i'm sure i'm pretty sure he will he will right. get a move he's another one i'm surprised is still there this season anyway but... yeah yeah agreed agreed i wonder if it's because he sorry not fans an unfashionable team maybe that's the reason why but yeah he feels like he's prime hey, yeah but he's you know Colin Muani yeah true and Blast true. had more of a reputation than I wonder if Colin Muani would have fit the PSG project better than Nekatike did I wonder if that I know it's here there and everywhere but um, well the yeah. mystifying thing is why not stick with Callum Wendo's a proven goal mm. scorer but I don't know I think Again, similarly to Vitinha, if you're going to sort of make Ekitike a scapegoat for everything that's gone wrong, it's ridiculously harsh and, and again, says a lot about the problems there. Yeah, agreed, agreed, yeah. And, and of course, I mean, you know, you're, you're a centre-forward signing for PSG um, who have, at the moment, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. You, you kind of can't win regardless, can you? Like, he could have come in and scored 10, 15 goals and still not have been... 
a standout player. So I, I kind of feel for him, but then I also think, well, you chose to make the move. So, you know, you got to back yourself at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, we will we will certainly cover that um, in future because uh, we will have some quiet weeks, I'm sure. Um, and there will be a lot of movement both in and out of, uh, of Liga in the summer, you feel, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. We've got, what, seven games, did I say, left of the season now? Yeah. So, so we are very much in the home straight, and then we will know of the four that are going down. We will have that confirmed, and, of course, who will get into Europe. Uh, very best of luck to Nice this Thursday, as so they take their 2-2 draw away in Basel to the home leg. So it would be nice to see them go potentially all the way in that particular competition. And of course, we'll be back next week to uh, discuss whether we can finally put the uh, the coffin in the on uh, the nail in the Angers coffin, which I suspect we probably will. Um, and we'll see who comes out of those big four shakeups at the top in those games between uh, Monaco, Marseille, uh, Lens, and Lyon. So good stuff. Uh, enjoyed that, Jess. Thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. And uh, say we will be indeed back next week, uh, as usual. Not sure whether it'll be the Monday or the Tuesday, but keep an eye on socials and we will be back to talk about the weekend's actions. So whatever you're doing, hopefully enjoying some sunshine. It's been long overdue. And uh, of course, at the weekend, enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.